the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. I'm always going to work hard to get you some good ideas and thoughts. If you listen to the show for 15 minutes, I want to think you're going to walk away with one nugget of financial information. Whether it's it's a great nugget or not, it depends on the day. I get it. My commute's a good hour each way sometimes, so I get the value that like your time is worth something to me. So I try to do my very best. Uh, one of the areas that I want to talk about is that when I was growing up, when my brother David was growing up, he's good eight, ten years older than me, there was like people would prep for nuclear bombs still. They would get under their desks in case a nuke hit, which is pretty funny. Telling me that our government wasn't really being honest with what we should be doing, but they were building up kind of a propaganda machine that Russians were bad and they're going to nuke us one day and we'll be safe because we're smarter than they are and going to hide under our chairs. So I kind of grew up in a world where, you know, my brother David knew about Kennedy and Khrushchev and like uh, Cuban Missile Crisis and stuff like that. My middle name came from one of the presidents of the United States. I have the world's worst middle name, Francis. So Kennedy was John Franklin Kennedy, but his Christian name was Francis or something like that. And then Bobby Kennedy, you could see that that's how I got Robert, right? So my family loved the Kennedys and there was a moment in time when... Uh, they were shot, or he was shot, and my parents were eating hot dogs. They were in Germany. They never, ever ate a hot dog again. That's how traumatic it was. We all remember where we were when 9-11 happened. We all re- that was a moment for a different generation, right? So the Cold War, U.S. against Russia. Reagan going, tear that da- wall down. You know where the Cold War is now? It's U.S. and China in technology, and it's, it's for real. Um, the importance of 5G, the importance of intellectual property, the importance of, um, you know, a TikTok app versus Facebook app. I'm like, what is the TikTok app? So I have to find this stuff out for you so that I can give you good advice and get good insight. I look at things as a Cold War, and we have, the U.S. has an advantage right now in intellectual property and technology. We are still the world power, and China's still copying us. Whether it's companies like Flex or Broadcom, Qualcomm, Micron, Intel, Corvo, uh, we kind of rock it. But the Cold War is there. And I bring that up in large part because I'm going to try to teach you a little bit more about tech. Here's how you can become a good tech company. It's not about the best tech. (laughs) Right? Let's test number 12 one more time. Right? It's not about the tech. Right? Thank you. Thank you. I, I've got a tick. <laughs> I don't have a talk. I got a tick. So here's how you can become the best tech company. Um, technological barriers, superiority is not relevant. It's irrelevant. It's less than relevant. It's irrelevant. The benefits that technological superior give you, it basically is fleeting. Better technology is not a sustainable competitive advantage. Technology tends to, now again, we're in kind of like technology 2.0 with social media. But if you talk about technology in Silicon Valley, you tend to talk about smaller, cheaper, faster. 
So the fact that computers went from 4,000 to 3,500 to 3,000, 2,500 to 2,000, 1,500, 500, smaller, cheaper, faster, because the, the semiconductors got faster. They got cheaper. And how does this all work? How do you evaluate a tech company? You should have some questions written down for every type of company you buy. And one of the ones of, of them is the network effect. Is a product becomes more valuable the more people use it. Adobe is the standard for electronic publishing. Facebook is the standard for putting up ugly pictures of your children. Microsoft owned the market for PC until kind of Google came along and said, you know what, we can do an operating system for free. We'll throw Chrome on any computer. And while we're at it, we'll put our maps on. And we're going to suck a lot of data out of you because it's all free. And then we're going to reuse that data from you. And if it gets caught up in a breach, we'll say sorry. Sorry. Gilly from Saturday Night Live. Sorry. One of my favorite characters of Saturday Night Live, for the record. Um, and I am a Saturday Night Live kid. It's getting my generation. We grew up and, you know, you'd, you'd beg mom and dad to stay up. They'd say no. So you just turn on the, the TV really quietly and watch it while they were sleeping. But the network effect is super powerful. So can you get your product in everyone's hand, right? Or do you go in more of a niche thing? Like Snap is really about millennials in theory, but that's not a business model in of itself. There's a high switching cost. That's another thing that you're looking for in technology. If you've been trained on Adobe Photoshop and you have to go use something else, good luck to you. That curve is expensive. Um, I've got... I could do a better Excel spreadsheet than anyone else on this planet. I think if there was an Excel spreadsheet for Olympics, I would dominate it. For me to learn anything else, I'm sticking with Microsoft, baby. I've put my time in. Right? And I, if I just called you baby and you're offended by that, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Because nobody backs baby into a corner. Time is money, as the Alan Olson commercial says again and again and again for the last seven years. But time is money, Right? So relearning things is expensive. For Oracle, their power in the 90s and, and early 2000s was that their database was installed. And to gut it out, you lost everything. And it was expensive to put something new in. That was the power of it. It wasn't the best in the world. There was other companies like Informix, um, PeopleSoft. There was other companies that were doing Siebel systems um, that were doing just as good stuff. One of those companies, not a networking, not a... Database company. <laughs> My mind's losing it. So you're looking for a network effect. Can you get the product in everyone's hand? Then you're looking for the high switching costs. Because once you're entrenched, you can ride this puppy for many, many years. Then you're looking for economies of scale. Intel probably doesn't make the best semiconductor in the world, but they can make the most of them. And when you can make the most of them, you can say, well, we're going to buy a lot of silicon from you, and uh, we like to buy 10 million pounds. And we're going to put it in these ovens over at Blood Materials, and they're going to bake it into a semiconductor. Not very many people can have that expensive of a, a model put into place where they can start spreading fixed costs. Spreading fixed costs is the dominant way to, to kick butt in your industry. Because then you can like, cheat in marketing. You can cheat in research. Intel, remember the whole ad campaign, Intel Inside? And it would go, do-do-do-do. They did that because they could make millions and millions of them. Economies of scale, the network effect, high switching costs. Then you're looking for a cost advantage. Um, cost advantage can be easily explained of, you know, do you have to go to a mall to buy it? Or can you do a direct order on the internet? Amazon has a cost advantage because they don't have physical stores. Now they're starting to have physical stores and it makes me crazy. Before they were like, you want something? We'll send it to you from a warehouse. You don't even have to get off your butt. You just sit on your couch and uh, we'll bring it to you. 
Grubhub will bring you food to like everyone will bring it to you, right? Cost advantages. If you can figure out a way to not pay retail space in rent, you're you're pretty good. And you're looking for intellectual property. Qualcomm has so many patents. Apple has so many patents. Eh, some of them times they get abused. Sometimes they're like silly patents. Like we're going to come up with a communication device. Like I should go to Star Trek. Star Trek should own that intellectual property on all cell phones, right? With a communicator. <laughs> it doesn't quite work like that. But those are the five things you're looking for in a tech company. Intellectual property, cost advantage, economies of scale, high switching cost, and network effect. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money invested, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. It's one of those markets right now where some days you feel like maybe I could take a little bit of a vacation here or there. Spring breaks right around the corner, right? Stock market is doing its things with its feelings right now. And it feels like the FOMC is going to have a big directive today. Um, so the Fed marches out their chairman, Powell, Rome Powell, and he discusses what, you know, the Fed policy is going to be. I know you're saying Fed policy, sweet. Um, that's about 2 o'clock, 2.30 Eastern. So you do the math, you go back in time, and you can see how it affects you and your time zone. It's the drama of the day. It's not necessarily great, but it's the drama of the day. Because right now there's a consensus, and that's why it's not going to be very dramatic. The consensus is the Fed will vote to leave the target range for the Fed fund rates unchanged. They set the cost of money for banks. When you go by the gas station and you see the you know, the guy out front changing the sign to 250 a gallon to 260 a gallon, you're like, oh, they, that changed. Same thing with the Fed fund rates. They When you go to a bank and you say, how much does it cost for a 10-year loan? What's a five-year loan? What's a 30-year loan? What's a 15-year loan? That starts with the pricing with the Fed chairman, Jerome Powell. So he'll probably say, we're going to be patient. That was the mindset that we started moving into recently that Wall Street applauded and started to rally behind. There's something called a dot plot. And it shows how many times the Fed expects to raise interest rates in a given year and how high the interest rates are going to go. Probably one of those dots will come off and they'll start saying, okay, we're going to give it a little bit more time because right now we're seeing sideways or something. I, I'm not putting words in his mouth, but that's the big drama of the day. I know you're saying, ooh, I can't wait. Will Peggy Sue marry David? Will David leave his husband for a wife? Like... Whoa, that's dramatic. Wall Street's got no drama today. No drama today. FedEx fell short of its third quarter earnings expectations, and they lowered their guidance for the year 2019. They're saying uh, international macroeconomic conditions and weaker weaker global trade around the globe are, are to blame. And that sounds to me like tariffs and Trump. Tariffs and Trump and China and tariffs and Trump and China. And it's kind of a nice, uh, it's kind of a nice, you know, resounding rebuke, so to speak, of, of if you're having problems with your earnings and you can blame tariffs and Trump, do it. BMW reported a 12.4% year-over-year decline in its 2018 net profit. BMW? Whoa. Um, they saw about a 1.1% decline in revenue, but profit down 12.4%, and they warned, warning, warning, 2019's not going to be great. Now, again, they didn't say anything about Trump and tariffs, but could have, um, of which that's, got, that's starting into my head. Someone said, what if Trump gets done with China? They make this big 
tariff thing and we're best friends. And Trump turns slowly and looks at Angela Merkel and says, baby, you're next. What if he goes after the European Union and like car makers like BMW, like Volkswagen? The CEO of UBS Securities told conference attendees that the first quarter was one of the worst environments in recent years. Okay, so FedEx warned, BMW warned, UBS, a big financial company, is saying... We didn't do great. You had the stock market get kind of wonky back in December. And in December, it's considered a discounting mechanism. So there's January, February, March, April, May, June. Sometime in June, we should start seeing why it got wonky. Are you ready? You want to see something really scary? Uh, no. Apple just launched new AirPods with wireless charging and hands-free Siri. woo My life has changed. My bread has been buttered. In fact, my bread has been been made. It's better than fresh bread, right? New AirPods are powered by Apple's new H1 chip, which should make it possible to connect to devices more quickly and deliver more talk time. They're available to order on Apple's online store immediately. Okay, so let's talk about the AirPods. 159 bucks. Um, with a wireless cha- charging case, it's 199 um, What do you feel about this? When the first AirPods came out, they looked kind of goofy, but I'll tell you what, they're, f- they're great for talking on the phone. Like, if you're at a bar and you don't want people to talk to you, they're awesome because it sounds like you're listening to music or something. Um, and you, you, they're kind of prolific now. You see them almost everywhere. So the audio quality should be improved. But it doesn't feel to me, it feels to me like a refresh, not an evolution or revolution of any sort, way, or kind. Um, but yeah, they're, they're moving a little bit into the wireless, right? Uh, it would be nice if everything went that way. And we know that with the new Samsung phone, will act like a battery to other phones or like like a battery to AirPods and things like that that need wireless charging. So now the phone is becoming a, a charging brick, which is kind of exciting. Not really, but kind of. Work with me on that. Apple debuted its first generation AirPods in 2016 along with the Air, iPhone 7. They're selling well. 50 to 55 million pairs will be sold in 2019. It's If any other company did that, we'd be like, wow, that's a great product. That's selling well. But for Apple, you're like, meh. I need my hemorrhoids cured by a phone. And Apple's like, oh, got to fix people's hemorrhoids by phone. We can do this. We're on it. And they'll eventually do it. Gas prices are starting to move up. Wonder why. Is spring driving season, summer driving season already here? It kind of is. Current price of an average gallon of gasoline in the United States is up 35 cents in the last six weeks. It's been creeping up for a country of drivers. That's about $135 million a day more. And that's like, whoa, that's a day. You add that up and you can see where gasoline prices affect consumption in the United States. Average price of a gallon of gasoline in the United States is, survey says, $2.58. Wow. That tells you how high the taxes are in California, right? I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Big seminar coming up Thursday in Burlingame. Learn more by going to Rob Black's show. That's Rob Black's show. And use code RADIO25 to get in for free. If you've not been to an event. It's one of those big event weeks. CFP Chad Burton here is to talk a little bit about it. We have a seminar Thursday evening, the 21st of March, talking about income and retirement, wealth preservation, retirement planning issues. Mr. Burton, um, how are you? Doing great. Looking forward to tomorrow. Sounds like you have a little bit of a cold going on, maybe. Um, let's talk about mistakes people make. Mistakes in retirement, per se. Um, not a good time to be making mistakes. Spring training, it's okay. But retirement, you're kind of like, you're at the big league at that point in time. It is, yeah. When you're younger, if you you know just continue to save, put money into 
lower costs index funds for your first 250 to half a million dollars, the market will treat you very, very well over time. I've seen a lot of people become really, really wealthy by building that financial base, just continuing to invest, reinvesting their dividends, not panicking when the market you know, takes a dip, they buy more, and do other things like buy a little real estate here and there, and, and they become really, really wealthy. But once you have that wealth and you're no longer working and feeding those assets and, and watching it accumulate, uh, you have to take a little bit more fine-tuned approach. Um, and the, the first mistake on my list that I wanted to talk about today is believing in sales pitches. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that we talk about is that if you have a good run-up in the market, like, for example, S&P's up like 14% since the December lows, small caps up 16%, and you, you kind of look at expectations going forward, and if you, you know, people ask you, what's your expectations, Rob, of the market in the next three to five years? I don't really know, but... You know, we've run up a lot. It's not like the market is super cheap. It's not like it's super expensive. So you kind of tame returns a little bit. Well, that will open up that same person to believe a sales pitch from somebody else that tells them, I've got this new product or new trading strategy or something that's going to get you double-digit rates of return. And they want to believe, so they actually invest in it and they get burned. So believing in a sales pitch or maybe it's somebody that's selling them an annuity or some sort of product with guarantees that they don't realize that there's 25 3.5% fees, you have to steer clear of that stuff in retirement because it will cost you a lot of money over time. It's interesting because, again, just eliminating some mistakes sometimes can be exponentially powerful for you. Um, let's talk about some of the other mistakes people make. Um, obviously, emotions. They say, yeah. you know, try to kill greed and fear, and you'll be a better investor. Is that a true statement? Oh, absolutely. You have to kind of train yourself to do opposite of what your gut tells you to do. Um, the, the first people that call during a stock market correction panicking are the same people that I'm trying to make sure that they maintain their risk in you know 2006 and 2014, that, that they want to just go over-invested based on the risk tolerance. So it takes them a while to kind of get a handle on their their emotions when it comes to investing. So, And again, this last correction, it was pretty tough because the market rallied so much to September and then dropped pretty hard between the end of September and December 24th. Those that hit the panic button, you know, they, they made a big mistake. They're not going to recover that 16% that other investors got back in small caps or 14% in S&P 500. So, you know, you, you've got to make sure you take the emotion out of investing and, and be very non-emotional and stick to a strategy. Good stuff. And this is stuff that you talk about at the seminar and obviously much, much more. People can go to newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. Sign up for the event. Thursday night. That's tomorrow night, 630 to 8.30 in Burlingame. We don't get to Burlingame all that often, so a good event, lots of content. People can learn more by going to newfocusfinancial.com. Chad, um, obviously, I think budgetary mistakes. I, I live in a world where my budget's not tight like a screwdriver tight. It's, it's a little loosey-goosey, and I, I feel like it's one of the bigger mistakes I've made in the last 10 years is it's a little too loosey-goosey. Um, in retirement, that, that I got to fix it by then, so to speak. Yeah, we go through phases in life where it's hard to kind of get your retirement budget nailed. Because then you've got that, that young kid phase, all of a sudden you're spending money on diapers, and then and that slows down a little bit. And then you got the teenager phase when, you know, they're in 
two or three different sports or whatever it may be and send them to maybe a different school. And then you got the college phase, and then it changes, and all of a sudden you focus on your catching up for your retirement investing. So it can be all over the place. It's really that last 10 years that people kind of say, okay, what do I want to do in retirement? What's that going to cost? And the biggest mistakes that people make are forgetting that your 401k comes with a big tax bill. Somebody's paying taxes on it at some point, and it's likely going to be you. So the biggest budget mistakes are the taxes, the health care costs, forgetting about inflation, forgetting that you're still going to need a new car every you know seven to ten years. You're still going to need to remodel your home every once in a while. So you have to project those in and see what the tax effects are. Speaking about remodeling your homes, anytime you go buy a new home and you walk into someone's home who's like 75, it looks like it hasn't been remodeled in 25 years. So maybe we don't need to budget that, Chad. Maybe we'll just be that person who never, ever, ever changes the kitchen or the bathroom. What do you well, think about that? Time, plan, too, huh? we, we see those people that want to, hey, I'm, I'm 75, I got to sell my house, but I better remodel my kitchen and my bathroom before I sell it and I'll get more money. Odds are you're not going to probably choose kind of the modern styles that somebody, one of these millennials that's going to get their IPO from Uber or Lyft um, is going to want. So maybe you shouldn't do your remodeling before you sell. Maybe you should just sell it. But don't millennials like it simple? Don't they just like IKEA? So it's not that hard to remodel? Right? Yeah, they'll probably right. just put a small, tiny house in the backyard and then rent out the house that they buy from you. Doesn't it feel good to like talk bad of millennials without them around? <laughs> I've got one. So. I joke like with them all the time. Rest. Anyhow, and anyway, um, one of the areas that also we got to think about in retirement, and this is something you're going to be talking about at the seminar, is uh, taking tax advantage is while you can take tax advantage is selling that house maybe while you get the capital gains tax right off. Um, all those decisions seem to be super, you know, magnified in retirement. Am I wrong? No, not at all. I mean, if you've, you're a person that's retiring, you got your 401k, you got some Roth, you got some low cost basis stock from your employer that you worked for for many years. There's people that, I mean, Rob, there's a 0% capital gains rate where if you're a married couple filing jointly with your new standard deduction of $24,000 and everything else, you can, you can get, you know, $80,000, $90,000 of gains, and be uh, at a 0% capital gains bracket if you kind of stagger your income. It's, it's something that you have to think about on how you pull your income out because sometimes if you have IRA income or 401k income, at the same time as you have capital gains, it can make your capital gains cost more money. You can go from a 0 to a 15 to a 23.8% rate. Um, selling anything large, right? before you go on Medicare can cause you to pay higher Medicare premiums for a long period of time. Um, so one of the big mistakes that people make as they go into retirement is they have too much in pre-tax accounts. They forget to get different types of accounts, just a taxable account, or really more importantly, the Roth. And a lot of people that are looking for more ways to save more money should go to their employer, like at Microsoft, Apple, Cisco, and and take advantage of this after-tax contribution where you can put even more money in than you're doing now into your 401k, but it's after-tax, but it allows you to convert it to the Roth 401k. So you start building up this account that's going to grow tax-free for the rest of your life. Interesting. I'm trying to come up with a question on gold for you, because gold always seems to come up when the markets are, are fearful. And I kind of had a, are any, is anyone asking about gold right now? Because like I, I don't have a meter. It feels like no one cares about gold anymore. But that's my question. No, 
You know, I haven't really gotten much lately. I think commodities, gold is a commodity, right? There's different types of commodity, everything from soybeans, gold, to whatever. And I think that, you know, if you want to get exposure to that area, it's it's a different animal. It's trend investing. Are they trending up or trending down? So there's things like managed futures funds and things like that that might be the better route than a person just trying to guess the direction of the commodity on their own because there's so many different things that affect it with global currencies and political issues and demand. I don't spend much time looking at it. Sounds good. Uh, big seminar coming up tomorrow night, 6.30 in Burlingame. Anything else that we need to know about the event before we log off, Chad? Well, yeah. I mean, it's uh, you, know, you can't time the market, but timing the market in retirement is everything in terms of when you pull your gains off the table and replenish your cash that you spent. So I go over specific examples of how I set up retirement income and then how we blend that in. We actually have to calculate your income strategy, your tax strategy first, and then design your asset allocation second. So intense, very educational event, and you'll come away with a lot of information. I'm glad you went. Sounds good. It's Mr. CFP, Mr. CFP himself, Chad Burton. You can find him online at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. The big event is tomorrow evening. Um, lots of good downloadables at newfocusfinancial.com. It's a good conversation to start having, in my opinion, thinking about retirement and what it's going to look like for you. Um, and just being honest with yourself. It's as we get older, uh, I talk to people who I've known in radio for 20-plus years now, and I'm like, hey, what's your retirement looking like? And um, It's always quite interesting. Retirement planning is more complicated than ever. You can come out to the event and learn a little bit or learn a lot, depending on your education level. Um, minimizing taxes is pretty important after the big tax reform laws that went into place a couple of years ago. Good and bad retirement products. Um, what accounts to draw from first. Protecting your estate from long-term care costs. What to expect in 2019 and beyond. You can sign up for the event. It's the Doubletree by Hilton Hotel in Burlingame by going to newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com and using the code RADIO25. So Google gets slapped for another billion-dollar fine, $1.7 billion, for kind of working around the European Union's advertising rules about their rivals. Is that a good thing to be a monopoly or a bad thing if you're an investor? I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Bayer shares are sliding today. They're a company from Germany. They're down 12%. A U.S. jury ruled that its Roundup weed killer caused cancer. That's never going to be a good thing for a stock. It's, believe it or not, not the worst thing. The worst thing is not knowing how much you're going to have to pay for dead bodies from said cancer. And it goes in the hands of juries, and Wall Street goes, what do you mean? And we don't... It's impossible to quantify. Now, you could look at other juries and say, okay, 110 dead people equals, you know, this. 200 dead people equals, you know, X plus 2 times 3. 400 dead people. And you could do the math on some levels. But this is still very, very early on in the legal proceedings against Bayer and against Roundup. And so far, Bayer has lost both cases. Um, Glyphosate is the world's most widely used weed killer. Monsanto's Roundup was the first glyphosate-based weed killer, but it's no longer patent-protected. And a lot of other versions now available to buy. Uh-oh. So this was only the second case that Bayer's lost. So they're 0-2 in trying to say, hey, our thing didn't cause cancer. It's just a coincidence. Well, I don't know what their, 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 their 
thought is. I'm just throwing that out there. But they go on to say there's still 11,200 more lawsuits waiting to go to trial. The first one, someone was awarded $289 million after the court decided, the jury decided the Roundup was his cause for cancer. It was later reduced to $78 million. So $289 million is really not the right number. But $78 million is still a lot for one dead person, right? When you look at it and you see 11,200 more, you do the math there and it's, it's staggering how much pressure this company is going to be under until they figure out how to get out of that. And it's probably a Tom Clancy movie is my best my best guess. So 800-516-1220 to each calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to each calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Um, yeah, so Snapchat is ramping up on some positives out of the UK. Okay, now when you start getting that kind of news cycle for a stock, I'm just going to say no. company I've never used, but I've heard good things about, and if you've used it, maybe you can help me out and tell me, give me the cheat sheet on it. But TikTok, it's short-form video. It's an app owned by a Chinese tech company, ByteDance. It's been on the charm offensive to video creators, and it's it's working. It's, it's you know, is anyone ever going to dominate or even pose the threat to YouTube? doesn't look like it. But you're always on the lookout. 800-516-1220 to each calls on the air. A lot of, lot of research coming out right now on Amazon and their private label stuff um, and how effective it is. And they haven't really even started pushing it. There was probably a moment in your life where you're like, why has everyone got the name Kirkland on their jeans? And you didn't understand it. You were young. You were like, what's that mean? Why not Levi Wranglers or Jordash or whatever the designer jean of the day is? One of the ones that uh, I wear an expensive pair of jeans and it's ridiculous. That's all I'll say. I, I, I have a uniform, if you will. But Amazon's got um, a lot of exclusive lines now coming out. And a lot of people wonder how far can they take it? Like, they're, we know that they're also like going into health and wellness. Could they go, could they start getting into generic drugs? Could they start getting into generic medical devices? Trying to bring the cost down for much of the world. Competing, obviously, with companies like Walmart, but also saying, we also see the industries like healthcare is having problems containing costs. You know, that's Walmart's game, the cost buster, right? 800-516-1220 to each calls in the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Gas prices are rising across the United States just as we're starting to pick up our driving season. Supply and demand. Apple has new AirPods that add wireless charging. It feels like, okay, yeah, but it's not big enough to really move the needle. Although a lot of companies would kill for that business. But we look at it with Apple and we're like, what are the services attached to it? So we got that. Rich people seem to inhabit another world, right? When you see the college cheating scandals that would have been perfect on Desperate Housewives, actually played by one of the Desperate Housewives in real world charm. I think there is something to be said that, you know, you can pay attention to people who are smart financially and you can learn something. Uh, very few of them ever decided to join a club and try to sell products to their friends and family. Very few of them. Very few of uh, what people do is they start their own business. They look for passive income. Um, I've got stock in, let's say, Intel. Well, let's say Microsoft. Let's say I have $100 in Microsoft and it pays a 3% in income dividend every year. 
That $100 that I saved and put aside now gives me $3 that my job doesn't give me. Passive income is awesome. It really works for you. It's your money working for you. Everyone should be thinking about passive income and how to build a portfolio that creates income. Something I'm going to be talking about at the seminar Thursday night in Burlingame. I'd love to see you there. You can sign up for the event. It's in Burlingame, uh, Doubletree by Hilton. Easy to find. Parking's uh, validated, so no excuse not to come. You can check out more information at Rob Black Show. It's Rob Black Show, and use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.